Amen. So, um, I don't need to use this. Um, so today, uh, I wanted to kind of present to you a new group that we are starting. It is for young adults, and it is titled FHHL. And we are going to pronounce that as feel. Uh, you saw a portion of the video <laughs> that I have prepared for you, uh, which is a presentation of what each of those words mean to us as we gather together. But I wanted to call Kevin up here with me today. Uh, if you could give a round of applause for him. He will give you a better idea of what those letters mean because we kind of missed the video. Go ahead. Did we miss the video? I saw it. Okay. Where were you? Oh. Okay, so um, this group is called Feel. I know I thought he was crazy when he told me that, F-H-H-L. I would have never guessed that I would have spelled Feel. So this is a young adults group. We're meeting every Sunday so far at about 10.30. We meet right out there in the lobby, and the two tables closest to the bathrooms, you know, just in case. Um, but... Um, we're going to do a lot more than just have fun. We're going to go off of the letters that we have here. I was kind of hoping he had something for me to go off of. Um, he does. Look at that. So the first letter stands for forgive. And um, all, the, all these lead somewhere. Just bear with me. So the first letter is F for forgive. And what we need to do to, you know, start our process in rebuilding a relationship is we need to forgive. And we're going to dive deeper into that, which takes us to our second letter. It's heal. And um, that's the next process. It comes after healing. I mean, it comes after forgiveness. Um, you take the time to really heal from any damages that have been done. Sure, you may have forgiven the person, but you may not be healed yourself on the inside. But forgiveness is the first step in that. Um, this brings us to our third letter, which is another H. Uh, this is hope. So after you've forgiven the person and after you've done some healing, you have to have hope that this relationship is going to last. And with hope, you can find the letter L, which is love. And once you have love, this relationship is... It's going to be solid. It's going to, be, it's going to make you whole again. It's, and how do we accomplish this? Well, um, you know, we got Jesus. He showed that whole ultimate sacrifice for us. He forgave us. He healed us of our sins. And he has hope that each and every one of us are going to join him up in heaven. And he did this because of his immense love for us. And we're going to be meeting, as I said, every Sunday. For now in the lobbies, he's working on finding us a permanent home because now we're kind of homeless. We just had to switch tables today. We were kicked off of our other one. But um, we're going to do this in a fun manner that's friendly to young adults like myself and uh, Pastor's son here. He, they'll let him fool you. He's super young. But, um, yeah, so come join us if you're interested and just, you know, have a great time. All right, give it up for Kevin. Last week, we heard a very thought-out and carefully prepared Word of God from Pastor Jonathan. 
And I actually was inspired by one of his slides, which read something like this. If you could pull up the slide for us, it is the first slide that I have prepared for you. And it reads, Christianity is about how God reached out to us to have a relationship with us. Religion is about men and women trying to reach God. And I wanted to take this time this week to follow up on this quote to speak to you a little bit about what this gospel is. What is this gospel that we keep talking about in our churches? We talk about Jesus, we talk about gospel, we talk about the good news, but what is it? And as I was studying the book of Luke chapter 1, it was right there in the prayer of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. Zechariah actually gave a prayer when John was born, and it reads like this. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Notice that in verse 77. The knowledge of salvation follows, is followed by, through the forgiveness of our sins. This hit me hard because I was actually creating this group for us, feel, even before I had to prepare this sermon for us. I was given this scripture to me after I had prepared this group as a presentation. For you, So I want to talk about forgiveness a little bit today. And as an exercise, let us raise our hands. If you have ever been forgiven in your life, just even once, if you have been forgiven in your life, please raise your hand with me. Look around you with a smile. Look at how many people have been forgiven. Oh, actually, he, he's not raising his hand. Somebody catch him. And somebody forgive him quickly. Now, (laughs) I don't want any of us to walk out of this room today claiming that we don't have anything in common with one another. We have forgiveness in common with each other. We all have been forgiven. And that commonality, my brothers and sisters, is enough in the kingdom of God. Forgiveness is enough in the kingdom of God. No matter what you have in your life that you need forgiveness for, even if it is very awkward to talk about this forgiveness that you need, the blood of Jesus Christ, the price that God has paid for you, is enough for the forgiveness of all our Sins. This is the gospel truth and the news that is brought to us. Now, I want to talk to you about a, a story that happened to me while I was taking care of my daughter, Summer. So I had the privilege of taking care of my daughter by myself. 
because uh, her mom had to, you know, go do her mom things, and I was available, so I was taking care of this little child, and I was so stressed out. We went to this playground, and it is, the playgrounds these days are state-of-the-art. Now, all these things, these structures, and, and the playground is designed so that the kids can never get hurt. Unless they actually try to get hurt. Like maybe jumping off a swing and falling on their heads. Kids have a tendency to do that, you know? Find creative ways to get hurt when we've done everything we can to protect them. Now, there was this really interesting swing that I found in this playground. And it was a swing, but it wasn't like the usual swing that you would find as a rubber seat. It was an actual platform. Have you ever seen this before? It was the safest platform you could ever imagine and that you wish you had when you were young so that you could avoid falling and hitting your head. This platform is about the size of two dad bellies. You can look up here at me and look at my dad belly and multiply that by two. It was exactly this size. You can look at any dads around you in the church and multiply their bellies by two, and you kind of have an idea of what this platform was. Now, this platform was so popular, the moment Summer saw it, guess what she did? She just bolted right towards this thing without any care in the world and pushed over all the kids that were there and the big kid that was actually using it had to stop the thing so that Summer can live another day. (laughs) So here am I just running after her, just trying to catch up to her (sighs) with the apology already ready in my head. I'm, I'm ready to apologize. I'm so sorry, you know, my child. You know, I'll take her away so you can keep playing on it. And now this is where the story gets pretty real. I arrived at the scene where Summer had just pushed off this older girl. And I apologized. I said, you know, I'm so sorry that, you know, my daughter pushed you off. And, you know, um, you can go ahead and use it. I'll take her away. And, And the girl immediately replied, it's okay. She can have it. Now, this gesture of kindness by her was probably simply automatic. She wasn't really thinking about it. She was just a really kind girl. But without knowing it, she immediately forgave my little girl on the spot without a second thought. Because she was so used to forgiving the little ones. And for her, it may not have been a very big deal. But for me, it changed my day completely. All the stress that I had of, of trying to keep, keep Summer safe and all the stress that I had of, of Summer offending another kid and making that kid angry, all of that just melted away and I was just able to have a wonderful day with my daughter. Just an absolutely perfect day. Because that little girl was willing to forgive my little girl even if she was getting in the way. Can we give a round of applause for this little girl? I know she's unknown. I don't know her name. 
But my day was completely changed because of this simple act of kindness and forgiveness that this little girl gave to my daughter. And you know, after this episode, the Holy Spirit was moving in me after this day. And I started to contemplate why I had experienced this and what this means. And I started to think, what if, what if more people were ready to forgive as much as we can, just like this little girl? If more people were devoted to forgive, would this change the day for another person? Would would forgiveness change the quality of life for a person? Can forgiveness bring joy where there is no joy? I started to think about forgiveness in a much deeper way, and the Holy Spirit led me to conclude that forgiveness was actually the starting line. There was actually something beyond forgiveness. Forgiveness does not stand alone by itself. And as I thought through my understanding of forgiveness and the process of restoration that happens in relationships, in the restoration that happens between humankind and God, I was thinking all these theological things, you know, because I'm trained as a pastor and that's what I'm supposed to do as I meditate. But it became very simple. I realized I cannot love someone if I do not know how to forgive. There is no possible way I can actually love someone if I don't know how to forgive. Because if you've ever loved someone and they're not perfect, they're going to make you angry. (laughs) (laughs) And if they make you angry, sometimes there is no answer except forgiveness. You know, there's actually someone who really hates forgiveness. Can you guess who that might be? When we forgive, the one who suffers the most is our enemy. Our ancient enemy of old actually suffers when we forgive. If you take forgiveness away, suffering is guaranteed. Could you imagine a world where forgiveness does not exist? Suffering is guaranteed. So when we change that up on him, his plans completely shatter into pieces. 
all the plans that he has, reminding us of how much they don't deserve forgiveness, reminding us of how much we've been hurt, reminding us of all the advantage that we would have if we do not forgive, those plans become broken when we forgive. Because what happens after forgiveness? In verse 78 we read, Because of the tender mercy of God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. I read this verse and I was quickly drawn to the word tender. If we could bring up the next slide for us, please. The tender mercy of God. I actually need the next slide after this. brings healing you know Kevin and I we had our first meeting last week so this group actually started last week and it was just the two of us and it it was more like an interview that I was doing of Kevin than a group (laughs) but one of the things that we realized is that when you forgive someone when you give forgive some how you know it in your heart when you have forgiven something changes something changes inside of you we don't exactly know what it is but you know for yourself when you have not forgiven someone and when you have finally forgiven them and only you know I mean, you can answer people and say, oh yeah, I've forgiven them. Oh yeah, I forgive all people. It's okay. I don't, I don't hold it inside of me. But you know in your heart when you have truly forgiven someone, there is a shift inside of you that happens. And only when you have forgiven, you start to heal in that relationship and for yourself. The pathway of healing can only be opened up when we are willing to forgive. And somebody had to do that for us to set an example, and that was God. God set the example for us by forgiving us. There were those who hurled insults at Jesus. They were actually killing him. And yet Jesus was willing to forgive them. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. God teaches us to forgive because he knows that love can only be achieved when you have this first line of a start to forgive. And we heal. And as we heal, we hope. What are we hoping for? In a relationship that is healing, what are we hoping for? What is, the, what is the future that we long for that is worth forgiving, that is worth healing for? If we do not have some sort of a hope for the future between us and between people, 
then where is the meaning for all of this? There is no meaning. The hope that we have identified is that there is a better future between us. That is the hope. There is a better future between you and me. Could we turn to our neighbors to the right and to the left and say, there is a future. There is a future. I'm not quite sure how many of us need to forgive. But I know that forgiveness will surely bring life and joy. Let all of the stress, just like my stress on the playground was just melted away, let all of your stress of rejection, let all the stress just melt away through forgiveness. Be at peace with one another. Achieve that love that we long for so much. And serve the Lord together without the enemy bothering us no more. His plans are broken when we simply forgive. I believe that when we make the Word of God a part of our lives, we change. Just like the moment of forgiveness when we forgive one another, we change as we take upon ourselves the scriptures that we are reading and make it a part of our lives. We become the embodiment of God's Word. And we can love one another like never before. People will see us forgiving one another. People will see us helping each other heal. People will see the hope that we have for one another. But most of all, they will see our love. It is the most powerful, it is the most powerful emotion that all humankind can relate with. And you know when someone loves you. You know. As I call the praise team back up again, I want to share with you the two prayers that we will always pray in the young adult life group. We are devoted to forgive one another, to heal together, to hope together and to love one another. And before we start our meetings, we always pray, we always will pray this prayer together. So this is the prayer on the top that we are going to pray together. Please pray this together along with me. 
Please forgive me. I forgive you. Let us have a good time. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. This sets up a clean slate. Forgiveness prepares a space for us where we can love. And of course, at the end, our goal, our wish, is to do God's will. As it is in heaven, may his will be done on earth. Would you pray this first part of the Lord's Prayer together with me? And the praise team will take over. Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praise God. <laughs>